Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 72 today. Today's topic is BMF, season one, episode four, which was straight fire. Um, We have four more to go. Season one, they're only doing eight episodes this season which is a normal thing that they do with newer shows on Star. So they have already been picked up for season two. And um, I'm sure season two will definitely have 10 episodes. But this was a strong episode and we are getting ready to drop in, talk about it, dissect it, talk about, you know, scene by scene like we do over here on this platform. Also, I will drop my third segment tonight of the TV show, You. Uh, we're kind of having like a little fun marathon. I wanted to switch it up a little um, this weekend, do something different. So when they dropped season three, they dropped it Friday, all 10 episodes. I'm breaking them down to three segments. So I did one and two Friday. Yesterday, I did three, four, and five. I'll come on tonight. I'm just going to make one show, one more show, and we'll break down the rest of the season, uh, six through 10. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, I'm going to stop recording after tonight for probably till Thursday night. We'll start back up on our Snowfall series. We're going to start season three, episode one. I am going to recap Queens this week with Brandy, Natari Naughton, and Eve's new show, but I don't know what day I'm going to drop that because it comes on. I told you guys before, I am the queen of streaming services. I have them all, but I don't have cable. So normally when something comes on TV, I have to wait for it to come on the next day on the streaming service. So hopefully it'll pop up on Hulu. And then I'll get that in for you guys as well. I also kind of have like a busy week. You know how I'm focusing on my writing. So um, I'll be back on later on this week. Give you guys time to catch up on all the content I've dropped. Uh, Thursday night, I dropped Snowfall. uh, Season 2, Episode 9 and 10. I dropped Big Sky as well. Um, And then we've been doing a U marathon. And you know. This is my passion right here. I had to come talk about BMF, one of the really shows on TV right now. You know, I'm Detroit. I'm biased regardless. This 50 Cent show, so I'm biased regardless. <laughs> but um, that pretty much wraps up the church announcements. Um, don't forget, health is wealth. In the times we're living in now, stress is at all time high. There's so much going on. Why not go in and get you a spa day if you live in the Atlanta area or if you're visiting in the Atlanta area? Doors open October 25th for Ambience Health and Wellness Spa. It will be $10 off of any service with the flyer. Um, Also, you can follow, like them on Facebook, IG Health, I'm sorry, Ambience Health and Wellness Spa. You can book your appointment at www.ambiencehealthspa.com. They will be specializing in mineral detox body wraps, vaginal steams, iconic foot baths, and colonics. Himalayan salt, infrared sauna therapy, and much more cool things. So go ahead and book your spa day. Now, y'all know I'm writing a book. I've told y'all before, I love books. I'm going to give y'all a dope book to go cop. It's on Amazon. Some Things I've Been Through, a memoir by Jamil from Gully TV. Gully TV, you can also catch him on IG as well. The Real Gully TV, you can also catch him on YouTube. Over 100,000 subscribers and got some fire-ass content. 
So go check out that Gully TV and cop that book on Amazon. Don't forget to follow me on my social media platforms. If you only have Facebook, that's cool. You can hit me up on Facebook, um, Alicia Shanice. Inbox me. Just all you don't even have to say too much. Just be like podcast. I'll happily accept you. I want to know who is checking me out, listening to the content. Um, If you do IG, I'm trying to get my IG following up to keep it all the way real with you guys. I only got an Instagram to watch the versus battles. I am a hip hop head. And when they start dropping the verses, that's when I got an IG. And then I started my platform. So I do have a I don't really have too many followers because I'm not I'm a very private introvert already so i don't post too much but i'm trying to get my dribble right you know i'm trying to get it together so it's a slow process so come build with me um if you have any tips or you know any feedback on the pod dm me and let me know if you have any theories you can dm me and let me know you can catch me on ig at alicia shanice reviews it is the same picture as on the podcast i made it easy for you guys to find me also if you have the spotify app one of the dopest music apps out there follow my playlist i've made them all public all you got to do is type in shanice loves you go to the first one you, you see my picture, you click on that, and it will take you to all of my playlists. And I got content for content on music. I got some little late night tips when you with your boo, like Sundays. I got the gospel music for you when you want to praise the Lord, you know. I got some blues. I got some Motown. I got some old ears, baby. And then I got hip-hop because I am a hip-hop head. I got R&B. I got Mary J. Blige playlist. I got Pac playlist. I got it all. So Shanice got y'all on the music. But on that note, I have ran my mouth enough. One more thing. If you need to email me, you can email me at Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and get into the show and talk BMF. Name is Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. So I am loving each and every episode. <clears throat> They're coming at a strong. I seen this on IG. This came directly from um, Lil Meach's channel. He got it under Lil Meech BMF, the one who was playing Meech in the show, which is his son. Um, And he put a message that he got from his dad. I thought this was dope. Um, His dad put, um, this this came from Big Meech himself. He wrote this to his son. Um, He said, they going crazy, son. Laugh out loud. We living Sunday to Sunday in here. The dude Lamar a fool, for real. Everybody in here love the show and love your acting. Saying you look like you've been doing it for your whole life. Make sure you hit me and let me know about the Miami premiere. You're making me proud. You're making me more proud every day, son. I just can't wait to be by your side. I love you for life and death. 
Love you for life and death. And that came from Big Meech, and he wrote that to his son about the show. I thought that was so dope, man. And just to see him, like, plan his um, father because he was so young when he got locked up and seeing everything that he went through and, like, he's profiting off of it in a legal way. Like, that is just amazing. Shout out to 50 Cent who saw the vision, who is a visionary in this world right here, and put him in acting school. So just shout out to them. You know, we support that over here. Um, so it opens up BMF season one, episode four, titled Heroes. The story you're about to see is loosely based on truth. Some of the names, characters, businesses, and events have been fictionalized for dramatic purposes. But a lot of this shit may have actually happened. <laughs> yeah, I know I love read that. I like to read it before every show because I have to remind some people that it's loosely based, but a lot of this shit may have actually happened. Free Big Meech, by the way. <laughs> um, in the words of Meech, my brother and I were too determined and destined to be the best to ever play the co um I'm sorry. My brother and I were too determined and destined to be the best to ever play in a cocaine game. Money became our addiction. Being able to buy whatever the fuck we wanted. Um, that that is in the words of Demetrius Big Meech Flannery. So we do get an opening scene, and we got a little young Meech in a little corner market store. We all got them in every neighborhood, got the little corner store to sell all the groceries and stuff. And he is in there, and he see, you know, two little girls, and he trying to get his little Mac on. And they kind of playing them out a little bit. And one little girl, she kind of feeling them. But you got the little big mouth hater friend. We all have seen these girls. You know, you got the one girl getting holiday, and you got the little big mouth hater. How you gonna take us there on your bike? Like, just, little girl, go home. Anyway, so, you know, he trying to tell him, like, I, I got y'all, I'll buy y'all, but, you know, just go outside while I take care of this real quick. And they like, uh, <laughs> they like, uh-uh, this cold. You know, Michigan is cold in October, November, honey. And, you know, one thing about back in the day, we didn't have the bridge cards. We had the big money paper food stamps. And they were a little hella embarrassing because the kids can be a little cruel. We ain't had a little cute little bridge cards. So, you know, my man, he up there hanging like, Meech, just come on and get them government papers here. And the girls is like, uh-uh, you won't. No, you want government uh paper? No, we'll pay for your food. We, we, we got you. Just go on, move. And he is embarrassed and humiliated. And, you know, like Pat said, Pat came, you know, he comes up and, he like, look, I just seen that shit in that stove. You know, Pat gives him some money and tell him, don't ever be ashamed of who you are. And I'm a firm believer of that. And we see from an early age that he is like, you know, Pat, he, he been the man and he was more than that. He is family. Like I looked up to him like a father. He came, you know, next in line after my father, like giving you a little kind of a Bronx tale thing. You know how you had. Sonny, and then you had the pop. So, you know, that's his like two different worlds. You got Charles living a straight line, and then you got Pat. But yeah, the little the little paper food stamps that those was really embarrassing back in the day. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but um, so you know, it's just showing a very humbling growing up, you know, very humbling growing up. Um, 
I was going to tell y'all a little story, but y'all probably ready to get back in the show. But he tried to play it off cool. Something like that happened to me one time. I was at the store and this dude, his car got declined. And he was like, he told the dude, he was like, hey, um, go ahead and help her out. Um, Me and you, we, we going to rap about this. But the way how he did it was so smooth. And he just played it off. Like he ain't want nobody to know his car was getting declined. And I I, it, I don't know. I kind of liked it at the way how he kind of just, he just played it so smooth. And that's how Mish did like, y'all just going outside. We going we gonna to take care of it. But um, we go into um, the next scene and we see 8 Mile. And we see they have gotten a new stash house. And they far out, maybe like probably, you know, I'm from Michigan, probably like the Southfield or somewhere, real nice area. And, you know, they're kind of talking shop. They fire out, you know, Meech, like, as long as we keep the yard good, we'll be all right. But Kato and um, Big Man come in. I think his name is Hoop. Him, uh, Kato and Hoop come in, and they, like, B. Mickey gave us the key. He has something to do, and Meech is pissed because B. Mickey, he is missing in action. So you know how Meech is. Kato, get the fuck out. Go, go on back to the food truck. <laughs> and, you know, him and Terry continue uh, to talk shop. And Meech does not tell Terry about Pat when he asks him about the meeting. So Terry is still out of the loop. And when they leave, um, well, before they leave, they kind of go back and forth a little bit about the mortgage because Terry like, man, why you do that? Now Pops is gone. And Meech like, well, they need to break up. They always arguing and stuff too. You know, Meech, you got to keep family together, you know, family Couples argue. We want to pop up Charles back at home. But Terry Terry wants his dad back at home. He wants everybody to be back a family, everybody together. And we almost got that towards the end, but I don't want to jump too far ahead. So we go into the next scene, and we go to Pat's. At least we see Pat back looking, you know, he looking like himself again, <laughs> you know, so he opened up his mouth, but, you know, he all cleaned up, got his little outfit on, looking fresh, and um, they kind of get to talking, and, you know, Meech like, I want three, and Pat like, no, I'll give you two, and, you know, we'll give you some, some bottles, and Meech is like, no, you know, and Pat goes off. And Meech is ready to expand. Meech is tired of this shit, and he know Pat is sampling. He, you know, messing with his supplier or whatever. So when he goes to the back with dude, Rock, he, like, going to hit him off with one. They go up in there, and we see Rock is playing Judas. And he lets him know, like, look, I like, like, it's always good to do business with you. But you coming at Pat, and Pat can't give you what he ain't got. He like Pat and fell off a long time ago. And Meech like, no, nah, I know what that nigga doing. He getting high. He 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 do and then he like he might party too much, but he fell off a little t- a long time ago. But you know, ears to the street. I know somebody who might can, you know, they went down south, got on a game. Hey, we might can set something up. So Meech listens. Meech listens. We're going to the next scene. And the two brothers, they're riding, listening to jazz, keeps their mind focused when they doing, when they riding dirty. And I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, this is so 80s. And Meech finally keeps it real with Terry. He lets him know Pat is using. And they kind of are, you know, at first, Terry's a little dismissive. He's like, oh, them niggas do that. He like, no, nah, he messing with, you know, the pipe. So, uh... 
they uh they ride around going back and forth arguing like they always do as usual like like brothers do and Terry is like trying to tell him like we should do it this way. Meech is like, nah, let's do it this way. He like, nigga, you selfish. You always want to do stuff your way. He like, I thought about your way, Terry, but mine's is better. So they kind of going back and forth and you know, just doing what they do. They they argue all the time, but they are very necessary for each other. <laughs> like they make it, they made BMF what it was, the two brothers in there together brains working together and everything um we go into the next scene and before that i forgot to say meech goes on to say it is so much more than just walking away from pat because pat put them put them on you know a lot of people put you on something but pat is like family to them he didn't been around forever he didn't like taught them everything they didn't looked up to him like he is family so it's a little um a little more harder to walk away from that and just go out on your own um also we go into the next scene and we go to the mall and Wanda and Terry is funny as hell to me. They are so 80s and just such like a, uh, it's just true to form on how couples acted back in the day when your, when your man was the man. And, you know, so they kind of going back and forth. She trying on dresses for the Christian in, and she like, man, we should have went to Northland. Northland is the stuff. <laughs> and he like, look, you ain't, you got to dye your hair back. You know, we going to church. We got to look right. And she like, I just had a baby fool, but I ain't trying no grandma Moses. But he like, look, you got to do this. And then we got little spoil Nicole over here. Shit, I wish I had two big brothers like that. Hell, Nicole, she got her little boyfriend with her. And, you know, Terry, he throwing her some money to get her some little real earrings. So they having like a nice little family moment. They out shopping, getting ready for the big Christianing. And, Terry walks out with a little man. I think his name was Darius, but he called him the wrong name, Nicole, little boo. And they walking around the mall going in Foot Locker. This is a very true to form scene here. And that's how it be, especially back in the day. All the hustlers in the shoe store, foot, lock, foot Locker, Foot Action, and they buying up all the shoes. You know, they, they doing all of that. That's, that was what they do. And we see Lamar has took control. Lamar is 12th Street now. That's his shit. He he didn't he didn't came in and he didn't took it over. He didn't rob. They they that's his crew. And he buying all of them the same shoes. He getting the 12th Street uniform ready where they about to be out there, you know, in Southwest T. And Ladarius walks in. And you know, they just talking and then whew, dude, like, what we gonna do about 12th Street? And well, they was drabbing Jones and on each other, you know, dude, uh, what's his name? Slick. He's speaking big words he can't spell, but all he can say is S-U-C-K. You know, that was a little funny scene. But they roll up on Southwest T. And it was a it was a it was about to go there. It was about to go there. And Wanda and Nicole walks up. And Lamar gets very disrespectful. Like, oh, you know, diapers is expensive. He throwed a little money on the floor, doing too much. And, you know, Wanda, like, who the fuck was that? And that was a real 
true to form scene because all the hustlers used to be in the shoe store and them stare downs used to be a real, real thing. So um, they throw the money, they kind of walk out smooth and, you know, Terry don't like that. We go into the next scene and we got the new task force, Drano. And they are looking like their 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 plan is to take down the two crews. They see that they're getting steamed, they're getting bigger. They got the 12th Street uh pictures up there, and they got the 50 boys pictures up there. But they also are looking for J Mo and they're looking for Flamil because he then took off and went to North Carolina. So they pretty much know J Mo probably did somewhere, and they thinking Meech did it. And Detective Brian, he is trying, he is trying his best to cover for Meech as long as he can, but he's also covering for himself because he was the last person who had J Mo as well. But you know, Detective Brian is trying, but it is only too much he can do with them starting this new task force. So the one guy, he's he he's kind of listening because he like no Lamar he was in the psych institute for two years soon as he get out now he's in charge these two then went missing and we got surveillance that he was at the hospital today Flamil split to North Carolina but we got detective Brian he trying to cover but he also need to cover his own ass but he be in trouble so we get into the next scene and I love this scene at the club because it's so true to form and <laughs> You got Meech in there. They waiting on the new guy to meet up with. And Meech in there, he trying to holler at air, all the little girls. He got some girl, you know, giving him that little eye like it's on the night, you know, giving him that little look. And a girl walks to the, a lady walks to the bar. And Meech, like, he says something to her and she brushes his ass off. But T, T sitting there all calm and collect. And she like, you buying drinks too? And he like, nah. She like, oh, what did you say your name was? He like, I never said my name. <laughs> he got up. And ladies, that's what ladies like. We don't, I, well, me, I, I'm different anyway. I don't like a thirsty man myself. It, I, I don't know, it's something about a nonchalant man that just turns me on. Like, I don't like the over, just always, just up in your face. I like a little calm and collective. And, you know, the way he played that off, I, I love that. that. That was smooth and that was fly. So, T, like, I, I ain't never told you my name. He got up and leave and left. He walked over there to his brother. His brother like, hey, I got these two. And he like, bro, you always fucking want to party all the time. And that is so, uh, like, how they're writing this is so dope and just realistic. Because Meech was the, um, and they were out there in the streets. He was the partier always out there. And Terry was always, um, you know, from what I've read, I didn't know them, but like from what I read on all the documentaries and everything and all the interviews, Terry was always the one who was just so laid back and only cared about the business. And Meech was the one who was always out there partying, like partying with everybody, you know, and all the rappers and shit, rapping his lifestyle. They ain't even doing that. But I loved I love that scene. That was really funny. So we go into the next scene and we go to Fonzo's food truck. And, you know, they out there selling them stone burgers. We got Lamar hating ass. He shows up. Now he looking for a stone burger. 
He telling everybody to buy a stone burger off the secret meal. He didn't just came and blew up their whole spot. You got all the 12th Street crew out there, and they all want a stone burger. And the lady, she don't even know what a stone burger is. And then he like, no, nah, you know, they secret menu. And she like, I want a stone burger. So they didn't came, and they just didn't blew the spot up. Like, damn, Lamar, you know, he's trying to shut down business. We go into um the next scene, and Terry and Meech, <clears throat> they're going to go ahead and try it T's way. So they're going to hook up. They go hook up with Rock. They kind of go back and forth because Rock is trying to be the middleman. T, T throws him some money. He gives him a little extra, and he like, look, I got this, this, um, this, this guy coming up from Florida. He from here, but he uh, went down south, kind of got up, and he going to meet y'all here. So they set set the little plan up in motion, and we go into the next scene. And then in this uh, episode, we got more of a, um, you know, normally T, he's trying to, he's kind of always just a wild card, but he was more calm and collective in this one. It kind of reversed a little bit. He was more calm and business savvy, smooth-headed, um, but we go into the next scene and we finally get introduced to Meech's baby mama, which they did mention in episode one when they were at the dinner table. Lucille was like, when you're going to bring my grandbaby to see me. So we already knew he had a baby. And remember, that's when Kwame was kind of going back and forth with um, T in the classroom about them both having kids. So we knew that he had a baby mama. At first, we didn't know if it was um, Monique or not. But now we know we get introduced to his other baby mama with his baby mama and her uh she got on that Wayne State University sweater and they got that little girl Nene. So they kind of go back and forth. We can tell he like to throw money but don't really spend a lot of time. So she kind of standoffish but she let him on in there <laughs> and they kind of get to going back and forth about she had to build the crib was it the crib or something and you know, about the money he's been sending. And she's like, you know, they get to talking and they get to getting it on because she's like, I know what you came over here for. And I'm like, uh, are y'all about to get it on in front of the baby? Ain't y'all going to go in the room? But but they go in the room. They, they get away from little Nene and they go in the room and get theirs on. And when they are, when they're done, she lets him know, thank you. Now you can go. <laughs> and he like, you just going to use me for my manhood. Exactly. I got what I wanted now. Thank you. Go. <laughs> so it'd be like that it'd be like that when you're kind of going back and forth and you know you need to fix but so she did what she had to do I ain't mad at her um but he also invites her to the christianing as well so um we get into the next scene and we see Pastor Swift's niece. She has finally shown up and she is the attorney. And they're kind of going back and forth. And we see Charles does not like her from the bat. He is very, <laughs> he is being Charles as, you know, he's being Charles and he has a lot going on. You know, he's not staying at the house right now. It's a lot on his mind as well. And, you know, they kind of go back and forth because she's trying to get a really good case. So she's trying to get everything that they said. She wants to know everything. She wants to know when did the problem start? How was this vision acting? We know a big lawsuit is coming. They're going to get paid for sure. But um, the mama, Lucille, kind of asked Charles, like, you don't like her. Why? Because she she was referred by Pastor Swift, and that's his niece. And he like, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. 
So she like, Charles, she like, you staying for dinner? He like, no, I ain't meet you. I don't come where I, where I don't live at. So they still split up and, you know, it's still a lot of friction in between a relationship, but they'll be fine. I'm sure of it. So we go into, and that's, that's what, that is what happens in relationships, you know, in marriages, they're not easy. Um, so we go into the next scene and we see Fonzo's, the food truck is back up and running. B Mickey is still missing. And the big man hoop, I think his name is hoop him. He is like, I wonder if this was all because now they got they crew out there. And he like, I wonder if this was a part of Lamar's plan because ain't nobody at the stash house. And Kato, she tries to, you know, throw him off. But he he's a soldier. So he takes off because he knows something is up. So this scene was so funny. <laughs> Terry and Meech, they go meet up with the cadet <laughs> that Rockton set them up with. And when they try to get in there and ask the man, like, hold on, do you see this name on the list? Do you see it to do? Like, nah, y'all ain't on the list. The soul food restaurant up the street. <laughs> and they like, nigga, you know, so they kind of walk in and he like, niggas. <laughs> and I'm like, how you go? You know, you know, you black too, right? So they go into the thing and the older waiter is like member number. And this reminded me of when we covered Narcos, when Miguel Felix went to go meet up with the governor. And, you know, when you got those, those, those little clubs, you know, they, they don't take money. They do membership only and they're very high up and they know when you not when you don't belong in there when you're not a part of their upper echelon crew and you know you came up off fast buddy so that was true to form I loved it but when they sit down they have a note saying um you know meet meet in the back of the garden so they they get happy and they walk to the back and <sighs> child at first, I thought this was the police, like, undercover or something, and they was busting them down. I didn't know, but, you know, they popped them in a van, and they take off. They got guns and everything at their head. So we go into the stash house. Soon as Hoop walks in, it has been hit. They didn't been in the um. They didn't got all everything. They didn't got the dope. They didn't got the money. All of the the uh, where they was hiding the money and stuff in the couches. Everything is gone. But um, Hoop sees some a dude is still in there. They get the shooting at each other. They busting. He busting. They busting back, and he gets hit. Then here come Lamar with them damn boots on. I guess they trying to insinuate that um insinuate that. He was the one who shot T because remember from the first episode, they had them same boots on, but I don't know where they going with that um, because nobody ever knew who shot T, at least, you know, the streets might have knew, but nobody really knew. So I don't know if they're going to kind of dramatize that up for the show, but they put the camera on his shoes so we could see the same boots and he was about to get hoop. He came in there like, yeah, kitty, kitty, kitty. He he was about to get hoop. And Kato came in there busting, but she didn't try to hit him. It was a distraction. So, you know, everything wasn't looking at her like she was crazy because it is literally only um five of them who knew where the stash house was at. And I um I'm wondering also a few scenes back when they were riding in a car and they were talking. And when they put the the dope out that they got from Pat when they read up, when they re up, 
and they seen that it was in the tie boxes and then um Meech was like that wasn't nothing but uh oh homeboy his boy I can't think of his name bone it wasn't nothing but bone idea now bone I think that's gonna be Lala's husband and he was like yeah I seen you checking you know his old lady out so they probably gonna bring Lala back and she probably what's her name Keisha in here too she probably gonna end up messing with Southwest T they didn't bring that up for nothing so um moving on to the next scene we um damn Pat they pull the boys out the van and when they when they walk out all they see is Pat and he got the shovels and he look he look like he ready to just whoop they ass and you know Meech goes to big brother mode like you know this was my idea T ain't had nothing to do with it and I thought Pat was about to hit him at first but you know kind of this was a real good scene he came and he got the oh he got the rolling on rock you know like they do in the in the mobster movies you know you beat somebody with a bat to death like he 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 like this nigga he, he y'all was doing y'all job he the one who crossed the line and he did he did uh so rock went out and we don't have no more rock i guess pat needed a body and he made meat and tea they had to dig the hole so he like clean this shit up and give me my money <laughs> so after that they didn't already been through a lot they didn't already been through a lot and now they meet up with b mickey and hoop hoop is Hoop is wrapped up because he's been shot in the arm. They kind of fill each other in. They had already been through a lot. Be Mickey come with his little attitude. And he been missing in action. And Meech, Meech punches his ass in the face as he should. As he should. So it's a lot going on with there. And they like, dude, only five of us knew where was that where that stash house was at. It had to be Kato. So Hoop, you know, of course, he's indebted to Kato. He like, no, Kato, she saved my life. And be Mickey feeling Kato. So he don't think it. But Meech and Terry, they don't trust her. So um, this is going to be interesting to see how it all kind of go out towards the end. Because be Mickey, they're leaving a lot of suspicion up to them to him, how he's been missing and how he's been behaving. and then. You know, Kato, that's not going to go unsolved. So it's just a lot, a lot here. And, you know, all that, we ain't been getting along. No, nigga, you work for Meech. You can't do that. So your ass need to, if you're going to be number three, you need to be on top of it. So we go into um, the next scene. And um, we got Detective Bryant. He meets up with someone who he trained. He was, you know, he trained him to be a, a cop and now he's a supervisor, Detective Wallace. And we also get a little his brief history lesson that Detective Bryant, he been playing dirty. So he like, I just want the cop who trained me to do my job to actually follow the fucking rules for once. And they find a body under Detroit River. And <sighs> Detective Bryant don't look too happy. He don't look too happy, and uh, I don't know what Detective Wallace, he might end up becoming a problem, but he might look out for him because he's older. Maybe he looked at him like a father figure from training him, and, you know, he was like a rookie, but now he is a supervisor, so I'm sure they didn't introduce him and his character and his little brief history for nothing, so it'll probably be a lot with Detective Wallace and more to come. So we go into the Christianity and we see Pastor Swift. 
We see Wanda then did what Terry told her to do and she didn't dye that hair back its natural color. <laughs> um, we also see during the Christian in that uh, Southwest T is not handling all of this well. He's not. With them uh, burying that uh, body of rock, he ain't handling it well, and he's just looking at the sun. He's kind of going in and out during the Christian, and everybody's there. They got their family. We see that they made Meech and Nicole, the guy appearance. That's dope. Um, and it also goes to the next scene, and we see the body in the river was Jay Moe's. And Jossie's face. Then did you look at Detective Bryant's face? He looked pissed off. So at the Christian end, they go back. And everything is looking good. You know, we got like a little mini family reunion. Charles is actually smiling a little bit. We got Lucille. We got Wanda and T. Even Nicole got her little boot there. And then we got um, Meech and the baby mama. So they ready to go out, have a family dinner, and just, you know, be a family again. And here come Detective Bryant. With all right, he has the right to be mad. Okay, he does. He looking out for you. He putting his job on the line. And all he said is rough this nigga up and y'all done killed him. Even though when Meech fought, B. Mickey got to fall in line. Meech is the boss. So he do have a right to be pissed. But the way he rolled up, he wasn't even looking like a cop. Shit, he was looking like a damn goon. He rolled up with that cigarette. And Charles, he like, hold on, do you got a warrant? You know, it's different when you got, when it's a difference when you got your pops around. He like you got a warrant, and Meech like I ain't I don't, I don't think we got nothing to talk about. So Detective Bryant and his partner walk away pissed, and with that it just reminds Charles why he's not living at the house. Not only that, but he looks at the cars and he like, you know what? I, I won't be joining y'all for dinner. And Lucille is like, what? So you know, damn, you know it was just about to be a good family reunion, and uh, so. They go out to dinner and Charles, he he walks away. He like, I ain't going. So we go into the next scene and Kato come. You know how you come home from a long day and she like that join up. And we got Candyman standing in the back there, honey. He 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 didn't beat her ass. You know, he kicking her and just he didn't put a gun up in her mouth. And you know, we find how they know each other. You know, he like, you know, if it wasn't for your daddy being a good dude. You you would be six feet under right now. So he like, don't you ever shoot at me again? And she like, well, I gotta get their trust. It would have looked it funny, you know, if I if I'm the only one who really knew outside of them and the house got hit up like that. So yeah. After that, she's a little shook. She goes and plays her hand right, and she finally gives B Mickey some. So they get it on for the first time. Um this wasn't this was strategically done she didn't just go over there to give him none for nothing she won't be mickey on her side too you know so we gonna have to watch these two it's a lot going on here with kato and b mickey we go into the next scene and big meech goes over to uh detective brian's house he gives him some extra cash for inconvenience and you know, they kind of go back and forth and he like, look, I need you as much as you need me. He tells him he didn't, he didn't kill B Mickey. Technically he's telling the truth. He did not kill B Mickey, but Hey, that was messed up. You know, I don't blame detective Bryant for being pissed. It is what it is. So they kind of just have an understanding to have an understanding without having an understanding. If that makes sense, we go into the next scene. We got Lamar creepy ass reading the Zoe. He loves Zoe. He loves Zoe. He reading, he reading her, you know, 
three pigs and a big bad wolf. And I guess he's the big bad wolf and he didn't he didn't um, rewrote the story. So um, we'll see how that plays out. And he goes in the living room and Monique finally gives him some honey. She like, look, Lamar, you know, after, she, after he give her that, after he give her that little necklace, honey, she gives it to him on the couch. I'm like, now nah, y'all know Zoe is of age. She probably can hear you, but okay. At least he ain't screwing on the bathroom floor no more. We go into the final scene and this one is going to be interesting. We see the lady from the bar. And she has been following them and peeping out the game. And we meet Big L. And she lays down the rules. And she like, look, I like your style. I've been watching you. But I only want to work with you. Not your brother. Not your crew. And T like, shit, I write. But I buy, up, buy all mine up front. And she like, that's the only way I do business. So this gonna be this gonna be interesting. See, it's get it's it get gooder and gooder, and it goes off with me saying, you know, I set an example showing T, you know, you could walk away. And why I'm thinking I'm teaching him this, I'm showing him, you know, now he doing the same thing to me, but that's following in Big Brother's Big Brother's footsteps anyway. Just like how I taught him to walk away from how I walked away from Pat. So this was a dope episode. I loved it. I hope you guys enjoyed my recap. Catch me next Sunday. We're going to do episode five. And if you're into all of the other shows that I recap, check them out as well. So um, I'll be back on tonight. We'll do a review. And then I'm going to take a few days off. Got a lot to do this week. And I have to um, do my writing, of course, my other passion project. So um, I hope you guys have a beautiful evening, a beautiful week. And stay up. It's your girl Shanice, and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.